But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Jeb, we're here. We came to invade your home once again, huh? I, I am aware of that fact. Yeah, here we, we're... Uh, um, I don't know how to start this episode. This episode is so so different than the others. This is one of the uh, one of the uh, rare episodes throughout the year, fortunately, uh, ATA, uh, that uh, we are all three in the same place at the same time, sitting across a table from each other. Same zip code. I know, and, yeah. and we're actually sitting right across the uh, right uh, right next to right at the opening of your hangar, right um, in front of your airplane. That's cool. right. Jack yeah. Jack and I are in. Fatality territory of the strap should give simultaneously on a Jeb's door. Well, but, I know Jeb is under the impression that the door will fall straight down, which I suppose is a real possibility. It that, depends on the failure mode. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> I guess it does. Actually. And how far we're leaning forward. I know. Yeah. Speaking of failure mode, let's see. There's a story here. Uh, Jeb, Jeb is Deb, I don't know if you've noticed this over the years, but Jeb has got a thing about flying cars. He's really disturbed about the fact that he hasn't gotten his flying car. And once again, you've called your attention to some sort of story about flying cars here. I'm trying. To well, see, I don't. Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me, so yeah, so I can. I, I can't. I truly control the horizontal and truly control the. Vertical. Is this the 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 four rotor, uh, single seat? Uh, Chinese automated I saw, pod. There was a drawing of some sort that seemed to show a regular old street car with with uh, quad wings on top of it. Is that what I? No. Hang on a second. Wait, me, you you mean a regular road car? Yes. Because when you say street car, uh, the first thing I picture is something oh, yeah, in yeah, New yeah, Orleans, no, 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 San Francisco. Not yeah, a street car, a, a a road car. That's right here. Now, so. not that we wouldn't desire a, such a street car, a street vehicle. We yes. we could call it desire. <laughs> That, okay. that has a nice feel to All it. All right, here. Wait a minute. I can't find it here on ding, my. Ding, 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 I'm ding. the only one that has the list, and here's the story right here. Why Is dream it? of the flying? Why the dream of the flying car hasn't panned out? This is from the Washington Post. So, how, you know, I mean, there you go, right? Well, um, yeah, sort of. Kind and, of maybe, you know, a few years ago, yeah, but maybe not anymore either. I'm really afraid to turn this around and show it to you because <laughs> this is like so many things. <laughs> hey, exactly right. Oh, look, see, can you see it? Look, look at that. See that? Look, look, see that picture? Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now that, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I just broke the microphone. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's, um, um, it, w- it would be even perfect, more perfect if they were inflatable. <laughs> 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 because we learned long ago yeah. that stacking wings on top of each other is not very efficient. Yes. Why did they do that in the first place anyways, then? Um, I, you'd have to ask those designers, I would guess, because they didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think Jeb's right about them not knowing any better, or yeah. at least not knowing what the history of multiple wing machines uh, was back in the pre-years pre, pre for the golden age. Right. Uh, I mean, we're talking pioneering days. But my guess was that they did it because they figured out that they could get the right amount of lifting area in a space that didn't involve spreading something out, they could get it right off the highway and well, still meet with standards. Another reason might have to do with um, bracing uh, a long That's what I always wing thought. that would give you the same wing area as opposed to stacking two right. or three of them. I, yeah. I always figured it was basically a material science kind of thing, is that they didn't have the ability to create a wing that was long enough to give them the surface area that they required. Well, it's been done. 
and it hadn't been done real well yet, but it's been done. But it's a fairly expensive proposition to do that mm-hmm. yeah. be- because of this structure. And then you get into the whole weight thing, and if you push it out of light sport category, then you kind of change the audience appeal and the market potential and, you know, a hundred thousand questions go into that and where well, to put the wings was probably number 43 and there's a reason the stagger wing uh is has proven so popular over the years because i think the stagger gives it a little bit of a performance edge for a biplane yeah okay yeah it definitely gives you a visibility edge it certainly gives you a visibility edge but uh the way my friends at uh, beach that uh, came out of the years when they built the uh, uh the stagger wing there they uh you went to you went to grade school with them, right? Can you see this flag wave? But the I'm sorry, you have too many fingers up. Chime to clean the glasses. Efficiency and performance—the way they felt like it helped reduce drag between the two, having them within—that was a big thing. Structurally. They could balance the cabin better and make it easier to get in and out of. And then there was the extraordinary improvement in view that they got from moving that forward wing aft. And it changed the stall and handling characteristics so they could get a lower stall speed out of it than they might have otherwise. Yeah, it's, it's all good. And it, so many equations go into one of these things. Oh, yeah, it's, I know. It's staggering to but, me. But stacking four wings on top of a car... Yeah, maybe not so much. Where's the? Is, does that drawing show the tail at all? I mean, it, you, there is you a, have to have something to balance the lift generated by the wing. No, there's no horizontal tail that I see. There's no horizontal. Uh, there's a vertical tail. There's some sort of you know rudderish no, kind of thing. Down here, what is this? I think those are just drawing diagrams. Is there not a top view? Yeah, I don't think so. Here, it's like I don't see any. Maybe, maybe not. But now this is Toyota. They just they they they're just jealous of the Honda Jet, and so Toyota needed a flying vehicle as well. So, uh, what's what's going on with with flying cars these days? All kidding aside, so is uh, is the uh, the uh, déjà vu? No, that's not what it's called. The uh, the uh, the I'm sorry, déjà vu. I should know this. Too. Easy for you to say. No, no, it's the, the one that's based up in mass. It's been around for every. Is that the? Uh, it's not the Arion. That's the supersonic. No, no, that's the supersonic. Uh, it's the the. It's called the. It's called the, oh gosh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's been around forever But it's now. so it, well known. And it flew at Hosh. No, it's just because and I. Folks, we've been doing this for nine on ten years. Yeah, it's, well, it's, you know. We just get sharper every time the tank goes into bulletin board. We get Jack, right, that, Jack won't give us the code to get on his. his uh, Hotspot here. Hotspot. So yeah. we're stuck. I'm deaf, dumb, and blind. Yeah, well. More you know, so than normal. A hanger without Wi-Fi is. Is like breakfast with clothes on. Yeah, okay. I think. I guess. I don't <laughs> I don't know why I keep inviting you to say that because I don't completely understand the metaphor. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely an unnatural act. Oh man, that's a metaphor point five. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Metaphor two point oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking for the name of this flying car here. Hang on a second here. Flying. It'll, it'll, it'll come to us as soon as you say it. Yeah, it will. It's called like the Deja Vu. No, the the Pancho Villa. No, the. Uh, come on, I'm getting closer. Um, Have you been into the cooking sherry again? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, we may talk about that later on. Um, so I told him I had non-alcoholic beer here, so yeah, so he wouldn't be, you know, producing and imbibing at the same time. But I thought he was able to do that. At least he used to say so. Yeah. Now I'm not on the net either. Um. <laughs> See, you broke it. Jack broke the internet. 
he broke one of the tubes. I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of its name either. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, listeners are hollering at their, at their iPods Move right on. now. Yeah. Move on. Well, no, I really wanted to kind of, you know, I mean, well, I've always believed that flying cars were a, a product in well, search of a market, that there was just no real demand no, I, th- I think actually that, I don't know how long ago it was I put that on the uh, list. But since then, uh, at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas the first of the year, because I don't know when this will hit the streets, uh, there, there was a Chinese company that brought a pod, basically a, a open-to-pod-bay-doors-hell pod. Uh, it has four arms, one on each corner sticking out, mm-hmm. and built into the into the pod, or into the arm, is uh, um, counter-rotating propellers. So it's got eight propellers driven by electrical motors, and it seats one person. It's totally automated. You, you tell it, 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 GPS, you tell it wh- which address you want to go to, mm-hmm. and it will lift up and fly you to that address, pr- presumably direct. Um, it's got like 23 minutes of battery life. After that, you know, they don't, they don't really go into detail what happens next. <laughs> but that, to me, is probably the, one of the coolest things out there. Um, if you think the FAA has a hard time with drones... Oh. Wait, wait till about 500 of those get imported. I was going to say, un- unleash those under, uh, under Part 103. If you Possibly. could bring that under Part 103. If, you, if that- you could do it under Part 103, and if you maybe, maybe you could only get some credit uh, for the battery weight or something. But one, it carries one human and, you know, 23 miles, or it, it'll, do, it'll do 60 miles an hour at 23 miles, 20, 23 minutes. 23, if you need to go 25 miles. If you could carry a second battery. We could have sent Jack into town for groceries and beer. He could have brought it all back. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes down to the supermarket, right. 20 minutes back. That's right. And we know where to start looking for him if he didn't show back And it's up. not like the neighbors would complain about low-flying air, low aircraft. <laughs> no, not here. Not here. Terrafugia. They don't Terrafugia. Even, Terrafugia. They, they, Deja they, vu. How do you yeah. get – it's got a U in it, yeah, but how do you – okay. I don't know. It's just – it's Terrafugia. The neighbors here don't even complain about low-crawling alligators, so – Is that program still even underway, the Terrafugia? As far as I know. It but but pretty, pretty in stealth mode these days. I mean, they were – they actually flew the thing at Oshkosh a well, couple years got, ago. Well, apparently they had all the special dispensations they needed from, from – I guess – yeah, they got a weight increase from FAA. Right, right. right. Special conditions from FAA to – and still do LSA. Um, yeah, a little bit. To better my knowledge, than the production has not started. They don't have a production certificate, or anything. I, don't, I don't guess they would for an LSA. Right. right. Um, yeah, you it, don't get a production. The, certificate the other, the other, that. you're confusing that. The other one is, of course, the Icon. That's the Amphib thing. No, that's I, I wasn't. That's not that a, one. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. That's that wouldn't. No, call that, 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 that's that's, not, that's a trailerable aircraft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Terrafugia also they were doing some sort of they were trying to do some sort of deal with the military, right? They uh, I, although you and I, Jeb and you and I were talking about this on a different matter recently. The military's got their finger in a lot of possible, you know, kind of like uh, possibilities. But uh, so maybe the Terrafugia thing was never a serious. Hey, anybody that's ever seen the Rocketeer knows what the potential of rocket packs are for in the military. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, flying cars, not not yet. Jeb, we're going to get you your flying car one of these days. But uh. well, there's been one done, and I think that they got approval overseas for it under equivalency to LSA. I'm not sure they did here, but it was basically like a a sand buggy with a little cockpit 
Oh yeah, that one, and, and it had a parachute, a, a parachute, parachute right? right. Parafoil right. for lift. That one I've seen too. But That's probably got more military applications than than. Uh, it's got great backcountry for uh -huh. sure. And that one actually, I think, has road hours. I mean, as opposed to just flying. Oh, they're right. they're flying them in yeah. third world. Now that I stop and think about it, didn't they have a uh, a flying car night at uh, Artie and Ed's during Oshkosh one year? I think they did. I think there was some sort of special event one night at Artie and Ed's where they had three or four because they had the classic one, that one that's got like lots of uh, uh, multicolors. It's uh, older. It's been around for a long time. The Aero Car. Uh, that might be it. Yeah. Mult Aero Car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, that one was Taylor. Taylor, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Malt Taylor. Was the, uh, and, Taylor. And then the one Dave was describing, I think, went to Artie and Ed's, too, and I, I don't know if the Terrafugia. Uh, yeah, it was there. Uh, I mean, I don't know about the Terrafugia, but, yeah, they, they, that was the year that, that uh, the, I think, the only existing Taylor flying car yeah. uh, came to Oshkosh, and they risked taking it down to Artie The and only Ed's. flyable Taylor aero car. There was one at Sun and Fun a few years back, but it was not airworthy. Right. It was complete, but it wasn't airworthy. It was for sale. Uh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. welcome to Terrafuji. <laughs> it says right here on the uh, Google search that that led me to remember, quote unquote, remember. All right, the name of this that says Terrafuji. Welcome, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Jack won't share his hotspot. <laughs> I was totally willing to share it. We never got around to giving you the password. We should do that right now. And uh, but uh, we're, here we are. Uh, Coming to you today from uh, all together in one zip code, uh, across a uh, table made out of a door, uh, right in front of Jeb's airplane here. You know, and uh, all kidding aside, Jeb, thank Je you so much for your hospitality. Thanks my, for having us over. My pleasure. Jack comes to me and says, do you have a folding table? Uh, yeah. No, but I got a door and a couple of sawhorses. And <laughs> this is actually as good or better than any folding table I had in mind. This is just perfectly, perfectly uh, adequate. This works. It's reminiscent of many a college dorm room. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, kind of sort of where the door came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to use it as part of a desk years ago. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, well, but, I, uh, I very often saw these old stamped metal shelf systems that came a little box, and they'd slide it between the uprights and mm -hmm. make one half of the shelf system low and the other one medium, stick the door in there, and boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they'd use a little hole already drilled for the knob to run their cords through. To, mm -hmm. So just to be clear here, um, I am sitting here with my two good friends. Jeb Burnside's right there. Hi, Jeb. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm having a great week, uh, thanks to you guys. I uh, got some flying done recently. And, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that, I guess. And maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're kind of, we, it's it's an embarrassment of riches this this episode, and we may may decide to kind of parcel it out a little bit. Yeah, but, we, but, we, we might have to order out. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, I'd like to order a yellowtail, a California roll. Yeah, uh, see, that's where we're going tonight. Yeah, we, I, th I think that's probably. We, we were having this debate earlier about yeah. what we were going to do for dinner tonight. Where were we going to cook in or go out for I was it. looking forward to your meatloaf. Jeb is, uh, Dave has been very, very. Uh, uh, very, yeah, I know. well, that was the door starting to fall. I don't know if listeners heard that, but there was suddenly a big creaking, cracking noise. You don't have any coconut trees, do you? Yeah. Palm trees? I got palm trees. I don't think they're coconut palms. And also here is my other good friend, Dave Higdon, uh, who's usually from Wichita, Kansas, but who airlined down here. And, uh, and we, and, uh, hi, David. How you doing? I'm doing lovely. Doing lovely. Enjoying the uh, warmth and sunshine of the uh, uh, lower latitudes and it's freaking cold here, man. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> David and I are just thoroughly enjoying this 65-degree uh, day, and uh, even the 40-degree morning we thought was tolerable. Jeb was wandering around going, it's cold. 
It's freaking cold. Yeah, was, there was a little nip in the air, but I mean, now it's got to be 60 something. Yeah, I mean, I've been in Florida now for about uh, 10 days, so I'm already acclimated and thought it was pretty cold this morning, but I'm not going to admit that to Jeb, at least not. <laughs> at least not in public. I, well, you know, I guess I just did. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so uh, yeah, we're down here. We're gathered mostly because uh, tomorrow and for a couple of days afterwards, uh, uh, in various combinations, we're going over to the Seabrook. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. Sport Aviation Expo over in Seabr- at Sebring Airport uh, here in Florida. And uh, we're going to have some fun there. Uh, and uh, we're going to record an episode from there as well. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, and then also just kind of hanging out and enjoying yeah, our, Jeb's hospitality. Our and annual his... winter uh, getaway. Yeah, well, and now fortunately it's become like double getaway, all right? We do it now in January and we'll do it again in, in April this mm-hmm. year for Sun and Fun. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Let's go. Y'all, y'all are c- c- coming back in, in April? Darn. I thought if I told you that in public. I told like you this, not uh, to tell I him know. until Sunday or Monday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what else is going on? I mean, there's, there's, there's a few news things here, but let's just talk about regular flying. Um, David, I so I don't know how to introduce this because I haven't 100% asked you whether it's okay to talk about this yet, and maybe I'm going to edit this out and people will never have heard it. So we haven't recorded an episode in, in like four weeks, and we were scheduled to record one about two weeks ago, and you contacted us the day before and said, time out, I'm not sure if I can make the scheduled recording session tomorrow morning because something was going to happen. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about this. What, what happened that day that, uh, that kept us from recording? Well, a, a, a nice, large, 70-foot semi-rig with a big low-floor box trailer showed up at a uh, facility in my neighborhood. And the driver and I unloaded a, uh, a kit for a Sonex YX airplane. That, that you are going to build? That uh, I'm going to build. I'm still in the process of getting the shop arranged around all the parts that came. Uh, three great big pieces of aluminum and eight boxes. So uh, Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Tell us about this airplane. Describe it for us. What's its shape and size and whatnot? Uh, the Sonex line, the regular Sonex and the YX are both uh, low-wing, uh, two-seat, side-by-side, all metal airplanes. Uh, you can build them on conventional gear. That, that's tailwheel for anybody that's new enough to not have heard that yet. Uh, or tricycle gear, your choice. Uh, the uh, major difference, well, you get, you've got about four engine options for each model. Uh, two of them from Sonex themselves. They're little ROVs that uh, naturally aspirated, not 100 horsepower turbocharged, and two uh, Jabiru engines, a four and a six cylinder. The only major difference between the two airplanes is in the tail. One of them's a conventional tail with a horizontal uh, uh, stabilizer and elevators and vertical stab with a rudder. And the other one, uh, has uh, what Sonex lovingly calls a Y-tail. Uh, it's basically a big V with a stub rudder beneath it that when you look at it from behind, it indeed, indeed looks like a Y. And they all three, all three surfaces work together to control pitch and yaw. Mm-hmm. And they work and roll a little bit, I believe. And that's the model you've selected. That's the model I've selected, like the T-shirt I'm wearing says, just because it looks cool. Now, but they go out of their way to confuse you with the spelling here. You, it's called YX. W-A-I-E-X. Yeah. Whiskey Alpha India Echo X-Ray. There you go. Um, 
you know, and you sort of, you may have well have alluded to this in, in your description of it, but why did you select this one? I mean, you are, are very, very knowledgeable about all the different choices that are available and all the different, uh, you know, players in this game. Um, but you've, you've chosen this one to build. Can you tell us a little bit about why? Yeah. Uh, Jeb knows this from editing some of my missives about owning the Comanche when he was, when we were both still working for AvWeb. He knows that uh, I go at this stuff uh, based a lot on numbers and performance and cost and operating costs and down the road. And uh, being of late single again, uh, I didn't feel like I needed the four-seat capacity that the uh, Comanche gave us. Uh, but I still wanted something capable of the kind of uh, cruise speed that uh, Comanche gave me because... I've gotten used to that and makes a whole lot of my trips pretty easy, three to four hour legs, and I'm there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Cost was an issue, mm -hmm. uh, and this uh, admittedly has a couple of things that a builder has to do to build it the way I want it that you don't have to with most of the others, but it was a lower cost option. Uh, good feedback on the handling. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's aerobatic at lighter weights, uh, and it'll go the distances that I need to go yeah. the way I'm going to build it. Uh, so, but more than that, I uh, well, time I will tell. In, I fell in love with John Manette's Money Air Recreational Vehicle back in the early 1980s. Okay, it was a very similar fuselage profile uh, to the okay. Sonex uh -huh. with a Y tail or V tail. Uh, mono gear with little outrigger wheels on the tips, single seat, kind of supine, and a little 30 horsepower motor that would let it go about 130 miles an hour on a gallon and a few ounces an hour. Yo, yeah, okay. And I was so hot to build that, except that the young lady that I was uh, keeping time with insisted that if we were going to build an airplane, it really should have two seats. So I never got around to the money, but I never lost my affection for how it looks, how it flies. It was aerobatic. I got to fly one for about 30 minutes years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, if it had been a better day, I would have shut it down and tried soaring it because it didn't had enough wing to soar. Uh, really clever design. Yep. And the Sonics, when John Manette came back with his new company a few years ago, uh, I looked at the Sonex, and I remember his Monex racing airplane, and went, the Moni's alive. It's just bulked up a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. all that goes into it, I'm going to, uh, I've got a down uh, a deposit on the uh, Aero-V turbo engine, mm -hmm. uh, primarily because it'll, uh, at the uh, altitudes where I like to fly cross-country, let it go fast as the Comanche or faster. And the stall speed and weights all keep it in the light sport uh, category. So if, should I need to fly without a medical, I'm still good to go. All I lose is night and IFR. Yeah. Cool. And uh, cool. so now what what actually arrived in your uh, garage? Uh, it's actually not a garage. It's a uh, storage locker slash workshop that you've established. Right. right? Yeah, I'm renting a large storage space from a, a secure facility near my home. And So did you get a lot of sheets of aluminum and a big bucket of rivets, or what did you get? Well, I got three big pieces of aluminum. One's a fuselage with the complete, with the cockpit uh, canopy already installed. Uh, ready for everything else to go into it, the control uh, uh, hardware, uh, the seats, the wiring. Uh, it's got a blank panel mounted in place. 
Uh, it's basically the whole airplane firewall aft, except for the tail, and then two other big pieces, the left wing and a right wing. Mm -hmm. Absent the uh, uh, control surfaces, the flaps and the ailerons, and haven't been closed up on the tip ends yet. So there's uh, still maneuvering room to work on the control architecture and to wire running lights and strobe lights out to the tips and maybe even put a landing t light in each, uh, in each side out there. It can reach right in right now. So uh, a lot of options ahead, decisions I haven't made yet. Uh, and I'm working with a, a, a recognized professional on a paint design. So. Mm -hmm. I, uh, looking forward to the project. I need something to do in my free time. Yeah. And then finally, and, and, and if I were you, I wouldn't answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, do you care to put a stake in the ground on how long it's going to take you? No, I've already blown through my initial expectation just because the time between when I, uh, placed the initial order, when it showed up and then work stuff, basically the, the last two weeks, uh, I haven't even unpacked the box. No, no, yet. yeah, no. Good for you for standing up to that nosy journalist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. But I, what's the first component you're going to work on? What's the plan? I don't know that yet. Okay. Uh, the the plans and the uh, materials that came with it, the paperwork, still packed. Uh, I'm, I know that there's some direction on there on how to proceed. They have a tree that you basically follow to go through the entire project, and I'm already way ahead on the tree by buying the quick build kit. Well, every time I've, I've put together a plane like that, you have to break the pieces out of the plastic loom, <laughs> and then you have to, you know, get a, get an exacto exact knife and yeah, trim right. away the casting marks and, and stuff like that. So you're not even at that point yet. Now, uh, that's the nice thing about Sonex's kits. All the skins are cut, uh, laser cut. They're already to size. And all the pilot holes for the rivets are already punched. Don't, this, don't, don't say pilot hole. Pilot hole. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is a episode fairly, title right there. There you this go. This is a fairly common thing in the in the in the kit business these days. What's I mean, that? they're non quick build version. Right. You have to build the spar. Right. Uh, and you have to cut a lot of parts out of uh, angle aluminum or flat stock, and finish them to the appropriate dimensions. Uh, they have an option where they'll build the spar for you. They'll also machine all those pieces for you. It costs you extra, but it saves you a boatload of time. Uh, but like a lot of the other kit companies, this basically is supposed to jig itself. The parts that I expect to take out are pretty much going to be ready to go together. Uh, the spar pieces, uh, all that angle work has all been done. Uh, all the flat stock has been finished to size. So it's going to be primarily a matter of clicoing things together, drilling the final size holes in, removing, uh, removing the clicos, deburr it, put it back together, and then start punching rivets in it. I don't really have to make any parts, fortunately. Mm -hmm. The wings rivet together? I mean, rivet to the fuselage or bolt to the fuselage? They bolt. That's good. And the That's spars good. overlap, and they join <laughs> in underneath the seats. Okay. Uh, that's why they're able to pull a 6G rating on it at a 950-pound gross weight. Uh, the spars are built up really nice. They're, uh, they're more than up to the load, particularly where they join and, and tie together. It reminds me a little bit of what I've seen under Bonanzas and Comanches. Right, uh, right. 
the uh, tail spars and the uh, connect points back to the attach points are they're all heavy duty and up to the the aerobatic load so i expect to have the toughest two problems in installing the uh, windshield and uh why what's special about the windshield well it, it's a piece of uh acrylic that's got to be folded over in the right size and it may need a little trimming i don't know and the cowling and i'm lucky enough to have waited long enough for sonics to change the uh, uh, design of their cowl from one that split vertically to one that split horizontally and it's supposed to be trimmed closer to final fit and finish. Uh, it's supposed to be a lot easier to install than the original. Yeah. You, you got a good solid uh, Dremel tool, right? Yeah. Okay. Actually, bat battery operated with extra batteries. Uh, Outstanding. Very cool, David. Yeah. I'm, we're yeah, very I'm, excited about this. I'm, we've I'm sort looking of, forward to this. Yeah, we've sort of known that you were onto this for a while now, but you, you weren't ready to go. It's like like mom, you know, up well, till three months or something like that. But the, 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 you, you weren't ready to go public. But now uh, the, the shopping process started a year, well, almost a year ago at Sun and Fun. Yeah. I realized that uh, all the winds were favoring me going ahead with another airplane in some form. Yep. Then it was a matter of what do I want to do and what do I want to spend. And to be honest, the long-term care and feeding of an airplane was a big factor in deciding to build an airplane versus buying something for a lot less money but having to take it to my buddy, the Leprechaun, for uh, annuals. Even though he worked with me, I assisted on all mine. Mm -hmm. uh, this changes the maintenance and upkeep equation significantly for me. And the idea of getting 140, 150 knots out of a little airplane for just barely over half what the Comanche burned. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to a life where I'm flying 100 hours a year and half of it's just because I felt like going. Sure. So you, you expect to be able to fly this airplane basically any place in the continental U.S.? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll keep us up to date as time goes on and as you uh, make progress on that. This And uh, and uh, Jeb and I will we'll have to work something out about which one of us gets the first ride, but that'll be a, a, a couple <laughs> weeks down the road before we yeah, have Yeah, we to. got plenty of time for that. Now, we may sell rally, uh, raffle tickets. We also have to get out there and pull a couple of rivets. We have to pull a couple. And sign them. And sign them. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, that's right, because it's a thing. Of course. Good. Yeah, okay, we'll sign them, yeah. yeah uh, you, there you, could be you, a liability issue, couldn't you, there? Yeah, right. you, you guys were so nice and signed ribbits for Annie and me on the uh, one-week on, on wonder. One week wonder. Let's not leave out uh, Charlie Becker's assistance. Charlie was instrumental in making that happen. Yeah, he really from, was. From, in, in so many ways. So, yeah, that's back when um, we were signing Ch the one-week wonder. Charlie yeah. gets a lot of the credit, and thanks for that also. Yeah, Char Charlie's one of the people I'm looking forward to uh, right. uh, counseling with, should I encounter problems with this? Yeah. Knowing my learning curve, uh, the second of everything will be perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll see him tomorrow in Sebring. <laughs> He's in town, I know. Two for the price of one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we went flying yesterday. We did. We took out the debonair, and uh, as I meant, alluded to earlier, Dave, you arrived on the airlines yesterday uh, sometime afternoon. And uh, yeah, but touched down about three twenty or three thirty. Yeah, and, and you flew into Tampa, which uh, uh, to, if people aren't familiar with the area, Tampa is about a hour drive. Tampa Airport is probably an hour, hour I, fifteen. I plan on an hour fifteen. Hour to drive fifteen to the drive yeah. from Hidden River. 
Um, and so, uh, but the weather was good, and mm. so you decided we were going to fly on down. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we pulled, oh, you pulled, and I just What is it, a 15-minute flight? You 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 were part of that yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, was 15, I wasn't 20. running a clock. I yeah. was so busy sightseeing. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, well, we took the long scenic route to get there. Uh, yeah, because we went out. We went. We, we took off from Hidden River and uh, flew on over to uh, your your uh, usual gas stop there at uh, Cheap Gas Municipal. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so it seems like a nice little airport. Uh, we've talked about this airport a lot. Wachula. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's always very quiet, almost always very quiet. And it was quiet yesterday when we were there. Yeah. Um, but There was uh, a Cherokee inbound when we left, but that was really the only other movement. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so we uh, uh, we stopped there for gas, and, uh, and then we uh, mounted up again and headed out of there and just basically went more or less direct to, to Tampa, TPA. Yeah. What's the airport actually called? Is it Tampa International? It doesn't have like a name name. No, okay. Yeah, no, good. just Plato Tampa yeah, International. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not real familiar. I, that that actually yesterday may have been. Let me think about this for a second. The the first time in my life that I've been on board a personal airplane that landed at a Bravo airport. Really? Yeah. That, that was a, that was an interesting experience. The procedure. I'm very familiar with flying through Bravo airspace. I used to do that all the time up in San Francisco. My, my CFI on our first dummy cross country took me to Kansas City International. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to fly through the uh, the airspace all the time, and it was very it was that same kind of friendly and easy, relatively easy to do. And uh, I mean, how how was that experience yesterday compared to your other times into Tampa? Is it pretty pretty anomalous? Um, I mean, uh, pr pretty much the same, I should say. I have to admit, um, I I would have thought that <coughs> one would have to file in order to even be considered for uh, uh, coming into land. But we you, you got to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Relatively so speaking, we just called in and. Uh, uh, from you know wherever it was we were, probably forty miles out, maybe something like that, or something like that. Yeah, we were yeah. forty miles out, and you just called in and say, you know, and in your in your always very impressive pilot voice, all right, you know, it's like. <laughs> Lots of sirs and ma'ams, all right, you know, but uh, uh, you know, no, and, and that's what you need to do. And that's a good thing. I, I'm I'm teasing you, but that's well, a, it's you, a good thing because you, you want to show a, lo a certain level of professionalism. You, you could tell the initial call up. They're like. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to do this. Yeah. And after a couple more calls, it's like, yeah, come on in. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So you just said you're a VFR yeah. and you were landing and where you were, and mm -hmm. I think you told him what ATIS you'd listen to or something like that. And, yeah. uh, you yeah. got to you got to sound like you know what you're doing yes, right. to, to grease the skids. Exactly. And you can't know what you're doing if you don't do the right prep work, which is listening to the ATIS, knowing what alphabet number to quote, getting the right altimeter setting in, uh, yeah. knowing which frequency to call in on, not calling in at the wrong sector and getting jockeyed around. And, and, and you know, from the, uh, from the ATIS information, the landing runway, so you know what kind of operation they're running, north or south at Tampa, um, and you know pretty much what to expect. Th I think they were only running one runway yesterday, the um, the uh, eastern runway. They weren't running. Uh, um, um, one would it be one left. One left. They weren't. It didn't I, seem to I, be. I don't running recall. That. But yeah. but were they possibly running one left on a different frequency? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. But, but uh, we didn't see any turn for one left when we were taxiing out. Well, that's the other side of the airport. Yeah. You. you oh. Yeah. What's the. <clears throat> You're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 The airline's the, the, terminal's the, in the middle, yeah. and uh, yeah, I one was left is, at a taxiway. is way over yeah. on the far side. Yeah. So we flew in and landed at our local friendly FB. Well, before I say the landing, so um, they they didn't maneuver. We didn't have to maneuver very much. We kind of had this. No, kind of, we basically took a, about a thirty degree intercept from you know forty miles out yeah. to well, it, to it, about five miles out on the ILS final for one ride. Right. Because coincidentally, if we direct from where we first <laughs> called into the airport, would have put us right through that antenna farm more or less, and. Uh, 
Kind of, sort of. Yeah. So yeah. we had some really relatively tall antennas out there. So it's it's kind of freaky, actually. Like mm. like two thousand yeah, foot antennas, about fifteen hundred. Yeah. 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 So they yeah. really stick up there, and we were cruising around at what twenty five, I think. Twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's nice to be higher than they are. Yeah, <laughs> it works in your favor. So yeah. Um, so we, we motored in and uh, kind of over a, a portion of Tampa Bay, sort of, a, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of around the bay side of, of the Tampa skyline, and then got got lined up on uh, final and uh, went in. To give us a little bit of a slam dunk, I guess that was what I call, considered a slam dunk. In other words, we were high until kind of later on, and you had to, had to you know, bring it down relatively fast, but not a problem. No, it wasn't a problem. I couldn't, you can't go down and slow down in my airplane at the same time. Yeah. Um, so the, in that case, the technique is pull some power off, mm -hmm. keep the nose level, let it decelerate, let it get below gear operating speed, drop the gear, and then you're golden. Yeah. You got plenty of drag and, uh, you can push the nose down and that's what we ended up doing. Yeah. So came down, nice touchdown, uh, started rolling. You actually made a taxiway. You were trying to turn off. You were trying to turn off. I made the first taxiway yeah, and he, and yeah, I'm, I'm in the taxiway. <laughs> the, the, both mains have crossed the, the concrete seam, if not the whole short line. Yeah, I don't think we got to the whole short line, but and, we were definitely. Says, no, he says, go to the next taxiway, take runway 1028, which is closed per the ATIS, and that's where we went. I'm like, Okay. Yeah, we, we actually. You <laughs> yeah. could have. You could have pulled right into Landmark. Where yeah, you I could have pulled off. right into Landmark from where I turned off. And no, let's not do it that way. Let's well, go to the next taxiway. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, no. Know, you know the Tampa Tourist Bureau likes to make sure you get to see the whole area. Yeah, but the scene must have stock and Michelin tires <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, the scenic route. So, uh, so we, we we actually almost did a complete 180 to get back onto the runway to go one more intersection, which was that crossing no, runway. No, no, you can't. And not use that first taxiway. No, 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 no. Was there anybody even coming? There was. There was no. Like a, no. Well, there was a seven-three way behind us, as I recall, but uh, it was nowhere. Well, I mean, not, no, I mean on, landing behind us. The landing, yeah. behind but there wasn't anybody on the taxi. Yeah, that's and even if there was, there's plenty of room there to clear the runway, get the other side of the whole short line, and stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, whatever. You know, and, and they kind of did the same thing to me coming out. Yeah. Well, they, they definitely have a. I guess they have well, roots in mind. They, you know, they, and, they, they they wanted to give you the benefit the, of the entire length of the runway. The, yeah. Well, they, no. They, I was, no gonna, I was going to use the whole runway anyway, but uh, yeah. um, the the landmark ramp basically extends south uh, yeah, to, just... to a couple of other taxiways. But no, they had me come out the top of the landmark ramp and then taxi south. Yeah. Okay, whatever y'all want me to do, yeah. you know. So we yeah, it was interesting seeing all those jets on the ramp down there because uh, one of the associations is having an event in Tampa this week. So. Right. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we taxied into the uh, landmark landmark aviation. Is that the name yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. Landmark aviation, and uh, and the uh, you had called them earlier. I don't know whether this played into it, but there was a, a flag guy on the ramp, and he was like waving at us with his little orange fluorescent orange stick. It's standard service. Yeah, and uh, he gestured to where he wanted us to go, and so we taxied up to him and and shut down and climbed out and. Uh, um, and then the, I was, I'm a little impressed, Miazia, you seem to take this in stride, all right? Um, you know, we, here we are, a little personal airplane landing at this serious, you know, you know, biz jet FBO, all right? And, uh, you know, I'm used to like going where some, they might have a real beater, you know, uh, uh, you know, courtesy car, all right? You know, and you're wandering in there and, and you're kind of just very tactfully breaking the news to them and you're not even buying gas from them, all right? You know, and like, you're going to pay the landing fee and that's it, all right? And, uh. 
And, oh, no, by the way, do you have a courtesy car we can use? Well, I, I'd called and, and, and spoken with the CSR earlier in the day. And when I walked up, reminded her of the conversation. And if it's a $25 ramp fee waived if you buy seven gallons of gas. Um, their fuel is priced at six plus um, okay. dollar, dollars a gallon. And what do we pay at Wachula? Like three something. Three ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'd already topped off. If if I'd bought seven gallons, there probably wasn't seven gallons yeah, of space. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd have had to throw it in the tips, yeah. and I didn't want any fuel in the tips. Yeah. So I'm not going to buy any gas today. I'll right. pay, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, graciously Dave paid, but uh, I'll pay whatever you need. You yeah. know, I just don't need any gas right now. And it was thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And so, so they, <clears throat> and so they, uh, you know, got but, your uh, credit card and your driver's license, and could, gave us some keys, and got a brand new Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> brand new Camry, nicer than the rental car. Yeah, I mean, they come wheeling up. I'm expecting something, you know, less uh, uh, flashy. A 57 Cadillac with smoke coming out. <laughs> exactly. Back, you know? exactly. Not a landmark. It'd be at least a 67. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, we motored on over to the other side of the airport and, uh, and spent some time sitting in the cell phone lot waiting for uh, Dave to make his, complete his approach. And... Uh, and then he texted us and let us know he was ready, and we rolled on up and, and uh, surprised him because, we got, like he said, you got right in front of you. So we loaded him up, went back over to Landmark, uh, you know, paid our bills and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, loaded up. up Debbie and departed. Yeah. Yeah. And special thanks to Landmark. They did you know, they were very, to Virginia, the, the CSR there at Landmark. Yeah, I'm joking around, but they yeah, were no, very, but, very but friendly even they, to they, us. They deserve our, a lot of credit you know, uh, for, for keeping it real. And uh, serving us in our little single-engine piston, just like but they would serve somebody in a Gulfstream. It did seem that way for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And he used to be so impressed. We'd pull into these big FBOs like Landmark or Millionaire. Signature, yes. And it, sometimes they'd roll out a red carpet behind uh-huh. it for us to unload. And, uh-huh. and, you know, do you need a courtesy car? Do you need a hotel if we were overnighting? And usually... It was yes because we diverted for some reason. Yeah. And, uh, that's why we're here, you know, yeah. because the weather caved on us. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> or with the headwinds away, well, we're not going to get there till tomorrow anyway. So we thought we'd stop here and see Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's playing tonight? You know, <laughs> the outbound was kind of fun. We uh, um, you know taxied out. They did give us a funny route, uh, taxi route, but I, I, I got to figure that's just because. They do it a standard way, and exactly. they know they want to know exactly. what to expect. And if they suddenly give different people different routes, it gets confusing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it took we, we a slightly longer route than we might have taken if we had been able to taxi directly to to the. Basically, uh, they gave me. Area. They asked me to taxi out on the taxi way I would have made after the landing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we uh, we taxied out to the run up area. Did our run up. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. That. I, was that an Eclipse jet that landed? Uh, it yes, was. it was. Yeah, I, right just before we uh, got got cleared to taxi out into position, um, a, an Eclipse jet to landed. Li- to line up and wait. Yeah, line up and wait. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did not make the first turn up. <laughs> yeah, probably no, he, not. I he didn't was really... headed to St. Pete last time I saw him. Yeah, he, yeah. So he uh, Gainesville, maybe. Huh? He uh, uh, so we and we taxied out and, and took off, and uh, I found it notable. I don't. You guys, maybe it's because I was like violating what do they call it, sterile cockpit, to, because I, I noticed that the aircraft behind us um, that taxied into position behind in, next for next departure was Dave's 737. Okay, um, 7-3 he came in on? Yeah, it was it was American 1000, which is the flight that he came in on. Yeah. And, I, didn't, uh, I, didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah, and it was getting ready, and I noticed from the scheduling earlier that it was turning around and heading back, probably back to where it came from, DFW, I guess, or something DFW, like that. DFW, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was... It was 
85% or better full. Yeah. yeah. So it was right behind us, but of course not a factor. Uh, we took off um, sort of to the north um, and uh, and then had to ultimately make about about 180 degree turn to head back to Hidden River. Yeah, runway um, one is almost due north. They had us they had us go outbound. See, sort I, of, I wasn't going to say anything, but I, what's that? N- nothing, nothing. So, so they had they had me take up a heading of zero six zero. Yep, which is sort of yeah, which right. you know g- gave me separation from the departing traffic. Right, and. Um, then we motored on, I don't know, a 190, a 160, and then a 190, and then on nav uh, right. on, back on into Hidden a River. A lot of interesting airports in the Tampa Bay area. There are. Um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, so on the inbound, we flew past, uh, what's it, McDill is the uh, Air military? Force Base. Is that Air Force? Joint or? Service Base. It okay. used to be Air Force. Now it's just Joint okay. Service. So that was off to our left as we were coming uh-huh. in. And uh-huh. then off to our right, um, sort of almost at the edge of the uh, skyline, is uh, what, Peter O'Knight? Peter O'Knight's right there. Um, the other one we, we kind of flew by, but it was even more distant, was Whitted in St. Pete. I didn't notice that one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And oh, then, we did out way out. Yeah, we were we were a ways yeah, from yeah, St. Pete yeah, though. Yeah. yeah. So, but then we flew over uh, Tampa Exec. Right on the way, way back. out. That was kind of interesting. Old, Tampa the, Exec is an the interesting. Old, the old Vandenberg. Yeah. We didn't get to Zephyr Hills. I, I don't think so. No, I think yeah. Zephyr Hills is further north. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But, uh, but Tampa Exec, we we all noticed it. It has an interesting runway configuration. The the two runways, but they don't intersect. And uh, yeah, there's a. a but nine two seven and no wait one eight three six and five two three. It's a shame we don't have you know. Well, uh, but we don't. You're not sharing your internet. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> what it is, right? Yeah. So uh, but the the shorter runway uh, was off at an angle. Right. And, uh, I would bet, and it's certainly researchable. I would bet that that airport. If I, I used, I knew it as as Vandenberg years ago, uh, but I'll bet that that airport was one of those that built. Uh, just before, during World War II, yeah. in the triangle configuration where the runways don't intersect. Oh yeah. And over the years, one of the runways has fallen into disuse, Perhaps. and they've just uh, uh, erased it from the map. It, it looked so to speak. from from whatever we were, twenty five hundred feet or so. It, it looked like a pretty well maintained airport. Yeah. Some... It's got a nice FBO. Uh, yeah. I've had the uh, good fortune to fly a Skycatcher in there from San Diego uh, years ago, and. Mm-hmm. Two, three, uh, Tampa Exec was our final destination for this particular project, which is to ferry the airplane out for the ALPA convention. And uh, Tampa Exec was the destination. That's where they were going to fly demos from. And then my buddy Kirby Ortega, my escort and uh, and, uh, co-pilot on the trip, he flew me down here to Hidden River and dropped me off and did a few touch and goes for my camera and off he went back to Tampa Exec. Mm-hmm. Now, um, going back to the two when we saw on our way in, McDill and Peter O'Knight. So McDill is obviously a relatively large military field, uh, somewhat on a peninsula out on the edge of Tampa Bay. And then Peter O'Knight is a much smaller airport, but kind of also on a peninsula mm-hmm. at the edge of Tampa Bay. This is the uh, airport where notoriously a, was it a C-17? C-17. C-17 uh, uh, crew inadvertently landed there when they were thought they were landing on McDill. History did not record their first words upon yeah. coming to a stop. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, you know, just, just envisioning, looking at those two airports yesterday, it's like, you know, I mean... It, Gee, it, we're not familiar with that in Wichita. We don't have things like... Uh, uh, Super uh, transporter Boeing airplanes right. landing at uh, Jabara Airport and caving in the uh, pavement at the south yeah. end. I mean, they are somewhat 
similar kind of topography. You know, I mean, it's like you know, air- airports on a peninsula at the edge of the bay, and and they have runways that are oriented more or less the same. Yeah, same, right. Uh, and so uh, you know, I, mean, I, I it's you know. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The part that still amazes me, even when I read about it and having looked up the two airports sort of side by side, if you will, um, is that uh, they managed to actually stop that airplane on that runway. It had to have been light. I guess, it yeah. It had to have been light. Yeah. Um, it, it was even lighter going out, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure they <laughs> emptied it out. They, weren't, they might have even been lighter than when they landed. Yeah, going yeah. Out. I think yeah. so. So we were motoring on home, and it was pretty uneventful. We uh, arrived back. I, there was one moment, and I'm sure I was just reading things into it here. At one point, the con- we were still talking to a departure, and uh, you had when when you had you know set the whole thing up talking to clearance delivery, you had told them you were landing um, um, two two fox. It's two two foxtrot alpha, right? Or is it foxtrot alpha two two? It's it's two two foxtrot alpha. Two two foxtrot alpha, Hidden River, and uh, you had told them that, so they clearly had it written on the strip, all right. And you had been handed off at least once, and maybe a second time, and the controller was kind of like I guess probably trying to get you oriented to you know what was going on, and I believe it was a female voice, and and that what I heard. I wasn't t- sure I needed to be oriented to what was going on but go ahead well the, the what what i heard all right was she said something like like you're landing two two foxtrot alpha no, just, just, just they always do that do i don't know really? i don't know why it's just confirm you're landing two two foxtrot alpha and, i was almost, and, i mean yeah. i was looking at them does yeah. she like not believe that anybody would land at that tiny little airport uh, I, I don't know why they do that versus um other airports in the area it perhaps has to do with it being a private airport maybe and and they want it on the record, on the tape, that uh, if I do land there without permission, it's not their fault. Oh, that's, I guess, well, they maybe. Sh- they should have a tag at Tampa Approach in Sarasota for you land your, your tail number landing here. They ought to know it by now. Yeah. 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 So. But I mean, it, Kansas City. Controllers at Kansas City Center, when I checked in, they would automatically go, uh, Landing Augusta, as usual, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're motoring at home, and uh, um, never ceases to amaze me flying around the Florida area. This is like the flattest country in America, maybe, all right? And yet it has the highest obst- obstructions anywhere. Right? It's like... No, no. 1,700-foot towers everywhere you look. What, David? Where do where, where you have bigger obstacles? Okay, about six, mile, six miles west of the airport in my hometown, Clark County Regional Airport is a 300-foot escarpment, and on top of it are towers that go to 2,500 MSL. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Way. I've seen them up yeah. close and personal. That's yeah. kind of exciting. That's yeah. kind and of exciting. Across the river in Kentucky is a single tower that sits on the river bed, well, on the floodplain, and it hits 2,500 feet. It's an even taller tower. 2,500-foot tower. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's yeah. that's. Yeah. That's an obstruction. Yeah. Um, coming in from uh, the north, we were not coming in from the north per se. We were coming, kind of coming in from the northwest yesterday. But as you as you noted, uh, coming in from the north, there is a 1,700-foot tower about five miles north of here. Yes, that's... And on more than one occasion, that's been the controlling obstacle for me on a right, letdown. Right, They did have us turn yeah. slightly, it seemed, yeah. to, uh, to... And and they pointed out where that tower was. That, and, they did, actually. And I had already spotted it, right. just, just as I pointed it out to you. You'd, you'd asked about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Motored on in here, uh, overhead, uh, uh, turn to 
right downwind and soft, no, I wasn't actually upwind, touch, crosswind, downwind, and yeah, we kind of looped around. Softer touchdown than the seven thirty seven I came. <laughs> well, that yeah. wasn't my best landing lately, but yeah, yeah well, yeah. you know, folks, I, I so I had three landings with Jeb yesterday, and if I could have done any one as good as those, that would be fine with me. He, he knows how to fly that airplane. It's mainly a matter of repetition. Uh, well, I'm in sure the same it, airplane. It ain't, it ain't superior skill. We well, no, part. no, no. I think it's the repetitious application of skill. So, yeah. uh, anyways, well, yeah, yeah, good bit of both. But the best thing to do to stay sharp at flying is to go flying. Yeah, that son of a gun. That's normally how it works. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a fun day of flying, and uh, and that was kind of good. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. Yeah, on an, on another episode, maybe the one we record on Saturday, but maybe the first one we record after we kind of all get back to the real world, we'll talk more about this, Jeb, but you just did a bunch of flying. I did. We were I, at the, I did. We, so, so we were getting ready to climb into the debonair, and Jeb goes, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to clear an emergency. And I go, why? He says, because this airplane only has one engine. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing, Jeb? You been flying? I, I, I was out flogging a twin Yeah. Uh, up and down the East Coast for a few hours, uh, trying to build up some multi-time. And uh, have a um, kind of a really sweetheart deal. <clears throat> friends of friends. Yep. Uh, um, gentleman who owns a Baron uh, based at Manassas, Virginia, where I used to fly out of and kind of sort of know uh, some of the other denizens of the airport. And they hooked me up. And um, after an um, eventful checkout mm-hmm. uh, in the Baron, um, I was turned loose. Um, ended up... Uh, a little over 17 hours of barren time last week. Um, a lot of that, I'd say about half of that was solo, mm-hmm. which is, I never had solo multi-time before. So that's, uh, uh, to me anyway, a big deal. Yeah. 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 So um, we're, we're going to try and uh, tease out from you some of the details of that. You, you had mm. you had some some routine adventures and some more exotic well, adventures. There, there was, uh, yeah, there and, were there were some, some uh, um, uh, how should I put this? Um um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. it was an eventful trip as it, he said. It, it, it was fun from start to go. Yeah. Or from start to finish. Um learned a lot about barons, learned a lot about twin flying, learned a lot about uh um um my skills, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh how they translate. Um and how to you know how to dodge a few things yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. Uh, and and I'll just finish this off by saying congratulations. So they uh, uh, they they cut off the tail of your shirt. Is that what they did? No, they did not cut off the tail. Well, they didn't. I, but why might they have cut off the tail of your shirt? This is kind of cool, actually. I think you should crow. <sighs> This, this is so, the solo you, multi-time. The solo multi-time for, yeah. for all the hours you've flown. I'm kind of surprised, impressed, you know, whatever that uh, this was your first multi. So you've got yeah. you've got multi-time. I've had, the, I've had the multi-rating since '88. Yeah, uh, and I've flown uh, twins since then. Although, uh, obviously, during the training, during the check ride, there's someone with you. Right. The other twins I have flown, there was always someone with me because I don't own a twin, and and. Uh, um, Either the aircraft owner or instructor or something like that was in the twin with me. So, yeah, this was uh, the first time I'd flown a twin. It's like, okay, so the runway's over there. I I line up, I taxi up, and and, uh, take a deep breath (laughs) and and grab some throttles and push it forward, and here we go. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations on that. I don't know. Maybe you you didn't want to reveal that publicly, but I think that's pretty cool. But it's kind of interesting that, uh, that, you know, it kind of makes sense, I guess, when you stop and think about it, that you wouldn't have, you know, given the the nature of the training, that, that, you know, you wouldn't have 
twin solo time. Right. And right. So that's very cool. Yeah. 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 And uh, what could you tell us more about the details, uh, particularly the exotic parts of your adventure, which are kind of cool. It's an interesting, you know. And uh, you know. And I'll tell you right now, read GA News. You'll get an you'll get an early lead on on, uh, <laughs> on, uh, on the whole story. But we'll get the details. We'll get the story yeah, behind right. the story. The story behind at some the story. Point. Yeah. So, anyways. Yes. All right then. Well. We haven't touched anything on. No, we did. We talked about the uh, the uh, drivable car, the uh, the uh, rotable, flying car, rotable airplane, the flying car, Come flying on. cars, flying cars. It's a flying car, um, <laughs> and uh, it. No, no, no. Um, so what else are we going to? I was about? going to say shout outs. I think we're right about done here. I think I think you know, seriously. Well, you know, I mean, we had a, this has been great. After all the the, the effort and production and lugging stuff and moving all this stuff and, out and here, setting up saw horses and a door and, and yeah, we well, you know, I mean, the real thing is just hope that the recorder's actually been working. I'm pretty sure it has been, but you know, you never know. This is a completely different setup than we usually use. I'll have to get my machete out of the airplane is, if it doesn't. This is completely <clears throat> different than the way we normally do this. So I think it's working, but uh, you know, listeners. Tell you know, if you're hearing me, it worked. If you're not hearing me, well, I don't know what the, that's. That's well, a metaphysical the, thing that one, I don't know. One of the more entertaining wasted hours that we've ever had. I think the last one that would be that entertaining was at uh, uh, Ponca City. I was say, shades, shades of Ponca City. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's yep, not so go there. Yeah, that was, wasn't it? yeah, something like that. I don't even oh, know if it got enough. We're gonna have to go back and do it right. We have to go back for sure. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, if it's, you're not a long-time listener, well, no, I don't want to. It's, it's one of the first. It's that was one of the first fly-out destinations on my list. Yeah, this airplane gets done. And that was a. What's that flying over your air, your airport here, Jeff? I've seen the trees right now. It's we it's we can, looking at through the trees. That looks like a. Could be an Aranka. Some sort could of be a Piper. Elbird sort of I tail think dragger. J L four. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's based here. Yeah, he was flying. Um, above. I've been listening to it for the last three minutes. You know, he's at sort of patent altitude-ish, um, flying along the runway, and then he turned... Uh, Fly by again so we could see more of it. ...left, and presumably, I don't know which way they're landing today. What's the preferred no-wind runway here? There's there's no such thing. Yeah, okay. So is there a sort of a, a custom in the neighborhood, or are you just... Um, nine, I think, would probably be preferred by <clears throat> by most residents because it doesn't have that many trees. At, at the landing <clears throat> For the approach at, or, yeah, the approach or yeah, the approach in. The way we came in yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so. the wind was favoring it, too, so. Yeah, no, yeah. That was, it was definitely yeah. a choice yesterday. It's pretty, if it was, where if we it was, are right now, it's pretty calm. If it was calm, I'd, I'd roll, I'd take off nine and land two seven. Really? Oh, because it's quicker for taxiing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. didn't have to back taxi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when I brought the Skycatcher in here, I landed 2-7. And then interesting view coming over Jeb's old place with all those trees around it. Yeah. And then suddenly there's pavement. Yeah. But there's a displaced threshold out right. there. That, right, right. It, it'd be smart to mind. Right. David, when you flew in here with the Skycatcher, was he living in this house or the old house? The, the old, old house. The old house. Yeah. So he was yeah. over there at the end of the runway. Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot of taxiing involved. You, you, Dave got a little freaked out yesterday because we landed <laughs> We landed on 9. Uh, we get down, you know, it rolled out. And then you did a 180 and back taxied on the runway. And later Dave told us that he was looking, what the heck is going on here? Where is he going? And, oh, there's the radio. There's a guy, I don't know if you can hear that. And uh, so we're back taxiing back down to the nine end of the runway, and then you took a turn, a left turn, like into the weeds, right? And they like, it's, whoa! It's paved! <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, you know. I, I still got to get out there one night and paint a one I know, I was going to say it's a taxiway. Well, I've ridden past there when you and I took motorcycles out, and uh, I yeah. noticed it, but I'd never 
seen yeah. anybody use it. Yeah. Yes, that's the uh, very common. It is, in fact, the, ta the taxiway, um, and uh, AKA runway oh, for, 18. For and, getting uh, back into Jeb's place, by far the easier of the, yeah, of the two of, routes. Of the choices, I seem yeah. to remembering some bit of Hidden River history, maybe a clipping that's over at the clubhouse or something like that, about how in, in the early, early days of this being a, uh, an airfield, that there was a, a, a cross runway like that. There, there was a grass runway, uh, and I think it's in the same location. Yeah, something yeah. down in that area. Yeah. There used to be yeah. a, 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 another runway at 90 degrees, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. Who, who was it? It was was it um, um, Bert Rutan who was talked about when NASA built a shuttle landing facility over at uh, over on the east coast of Florida. They did a study. <clears throat> they determined that. Half the time the wind was from the north, half the time the wind was from the south. So they built the runway nine two seven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the average wind. Sure, it makes sense to me. That that was where the terrain was most favorable. Your federal dollars at work. There you go. But you know, shuttle's got a pretty 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 good crosswind component. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. And of course, there's always. Oh wait, no, you can't go around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, anyways. Um, no, no pressure on it's, that. It's landing. generally got the weight and the energy necessary to overcome any any slight crosswinds. Yeah. So uh, shout outs. Uh, so uh, let's see now. I'm gonna I'm gonna insert by way of the magic of audio post production um, uh, a shout out here about uh, about uh, tip jar. Ah, okay. All right. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as $10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. And but then, uh, Jeb, I'm going to ask you, um, the, uh, just tell us a little bit about, uh, you were wearing a cool t-shirt the other day. You were wearing a very cool-looking yellow t-shirt. Uh -huh. What did it say on the front of the t-shirt? It says... Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Yeah, and where'd you get that shirt? <laughs> well, I heard that before. Yeah. Got yeah. it online at this really cool uh, swag store called Uncontrolled Airspace. And uh, if you go to the Uncontrolled Airspace website, there's a link on the front page that takes you to eventually a, uh, a third-party site where you can buy T-shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and hats and stuff like that that say various things. Uh, uh, generally, they all have the uncontrolled airspace URL, and you can, you know, also logos and things like that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to, to, to wear that around sometime and, and, uh, and see what kind of comments you get. And plenty of time to, uh, to uh, stock yourself up on a shirt or a hat for uh, Sun and Fun. That's right. see you down there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And so you can, and we've got a bunch of those. We've got the time spent flying. Uh -huh. uh, a few other slogans right now. We're adding more all the time. Um, and yeah. you can also get mugs and, and whatnot. Yeah, and, uh, one was, you know, not even Dave would fly that. 
<laughs> yeah, and so uh, you can check out the uh, the uh, variety and the and the range of things there, and actually make a purchase if you're so inclined. It's at uh, uncontrolledairspace.com/store. That's right. Is the the URL that'll that'll get you there. That's so right. uh, so uh, take a look and uh, and and visit us. See us at Sebring and Sun and Fun. We'll be wearing a variety of those shirts all week long. I'm yes. Sure. Yeah, yes. So, anyways. Uh, definitely fork time here. Let's see if I can find the right page on my little screen here. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Jeb, once again, thank you for your hospitality. All kidding aside here, it's always a pleasure to come down. It's always and, a pleasure and, to have and, you guys. And visit you. And, yeah. uh, you know, the warm weather is kind of a nice thing, too. But I'd come if it was cold. I really would. It's Even if it was, you know, not Florida. This feels like weather that got imported from New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, sure does. This, right. Yeah, this is just not what no, I signed I up for. There, there's a week in there's a week in the spring and a week in the fall when it's this nice in New Hampshire. <laughs> that's about it. That's about you it. You call it spring. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, Jeb Burnside, a freelance aviation Dude, writer and editor. Hang on a second. We didn't do shout outs. You have a, actually have a shout-out? I have, I have two shout-outs. Oh, three, I'm sorry. I thought Three, sh- three shout-outs. I figured actually. the absence of the list would be just a... No, uh, no, no, All right, no, well, no. I'll come back to the stuff. Uh, you tell me what the shout-out is. Mike Friedman. Okay. M- my CFI on the Baron. Ah, yes. Uh, a man of, of great patience um, and a sense of humor. How <laughs> <laughs> would I... No, see, no, sorry. No joke. No joke. No joke. Keep going. Um, Lee Steichleather for all of his uh, help on... on uh, the man in black. The man in black, the, the satanic mechanic for all his help on a couple of maintenance issues we discovered. Um, and, of course, the owner, who shall go unnamed, uh, um, of the Baron for, uh, again, letting me uh, use it yeah. and letting him, me fly his airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Very much appreciated on all three counts. Very cool. Now, before you do your second one, did you have a shout-out that I, I no. overlooked? No? All right, then you can do your second one. No, I just did all three of oh, them. Oh, that was all of Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it, was a, it was a composite. It was It was. A, it was a threefer. It was a threefer. Okay, very good. Okay, that's good. I like it. I like it. Now I'll say Jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. What have you been working on, Jeb? What's going on? Aviation Safety Magazine. The, uh, the uh, February issue just hit my uh, uh, doorstep uh, uh, this morning, gearing up to uh, crank out the, uh, the March issue. Uh, cover issue, cover story on the February issue, uh, when you should fire your, your instrument instructor. Okay. Well, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some things you should look for. Dare I ask who wrote that? Did you write that? Or? I did not. Um, uh, Rick Durden wrote okay. that. Rick, yep. uh, is a longtime friend and, and collaborator. Um, uh, some things, you know, he and I still don't talk about statute of limitations involved and that kind of thing. <laughs> But Rick hails uh, from the old days back at AvWeb, and yeah. uh, he's still working for AvWeb and and uh, writing some things for me on occasion. And he's the one who put that together. Having been an instrument instructor, or I should say being an instrument instructor, and both of us, of course, having been an instrument student, we kind of were able to put that together without a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but uh, some other good stuff in there, especially about loading with a forward CG. You talk about... Everybody talks about you know loading an airplane with an aft CG, and and I'd written an article uh, three or four months ago uh, on that topic, and one of my contributors, uh, Mike Manner, who's a, a PhD uh, up at uh, Gainesville, Florida, uh, instructor, yada yada, um, did an article on what happens when you have the forward CG loading mm-hmm. type of situation. So the two are very different, but. Uh, for similar reasons. Yeah, okay, that's very. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That'd be good. Yeah, and um, then that's that's safety. Um, 
Let's see, what else? Making your regular contributions uh, over at uh, oh, GA News. Over at GA News, yeah. Um, just put another article on the street, uh, Niner Niner Zulu, commemorating uh, an airplane from my youth and uh, how I tried to uh, tried but failed, uh, ultimately, uh, to replicate uh, that with a, another Cessna 205. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, you shared that story with yeah, me early on. I yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah. That was a nice story. Um, should have an article in um, AEA's uh, um, uh, Avionics News. Uh, I don't know if it was this month or last month, but it's it's out there. It should be on the street soon. And uh, um, doing some other things. So, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So where, where on the internet can people find out more about this a- stuff? AviationSafetyMagazine.com is a great place to start. AEA.net for the avionics news work. Uh, GANews.com for uh, my column uh, pilot related mm-hmm. on, uh, on uh, that site. Very cool. Very cool. And on the Twitter, you are? Burnside J. There you go. And Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editors for London's World... I keep... It's funny, I haven't said that for years, and now I'm saying it all the time, for uh, London's Av Buyer magazine. We saw it in the FBO just the other day. I, I scored mm-hmm. a copy and uh, brought it back with me, and uh, and Dave's like the very, very lead article in that in that particular issue. Yeah, the uh, latest Av Buyers, the January issue, uh, we take a look at what's happening with... Uh, Values of pre-owned business aircraft and how the market is shifting and where they expect it to go this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got two articles in this month's uh, Avionics News Magazine. And honestly, I've written so much with them lately, I don't remember what they are. (laughs) You know, back in the day, back there was a time back when you were still a shooter at uh, at, uh, Air Venture that we used to call you, I mean, and as an editor you were as well, but as a shooter, the busiest man at, at Air Venture. Uh, but I swear you're the busiest journalist in, in aviation journalism these days. You're, you're all, all, you got your finger in all Cr- kinds of things. Cranking here. it out. You know, you got here yesterday and said, oh, now I got to write an article. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, the, well, my latest thing will be on uh, avbuyer.com Friday morning early uh, when they push the button on it Thursday evening in London. Uh, and my uh, BizAv blog this week is about why we fly private aircraft when we could be wasting so much more time flying on the airlines. <laughs> and it, it hit me between the eyes yesterday on the flight down here that my time en route from checking my bag to picking up my bag was going to be almost two hours longer than it took it would take me yeah. to fly the Comanche down here. No, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, you know, the, from even as far as Wichita, which is halfway across America, to to uh, to Tampa, Florida, door to door, a personal airplane's faster. Almost faster. Always. Yeah, a hundred and forty knot airplane beat a five hundred and forty knot airplane. <clears throat> Simply because you can't get direct to Tampa from well, there. you can't get direct, and you don't have to do this whole two hours in advance, you know, TSA foolishness, and you know, I mean, there's just any number of reasons, you know, why it's why it's better. All, all of which reminds me, I did have a second shout out. It's kind of an anti shout out. Yeah. Uh, for uh, the un shout out. American uh, Airlines Eagle or Envoy operation in and out of uh, Sarasota is operated by PSA. Um, I really appreciate the luggage uh, uh, oh, that's right. reps yeah. uh, uh, trying to explain to me weight and balance. 
and why my bag, yeah. my my fifteen pound bag, right. didn't make it on the CRJ. So, oh, that's happened to me out, too. Out of Charlotte. You, I, yeah, right. So you. So what happened? You had you had you, a third a third to do full this? CRJ. Yeah, I know. Uh, coming out of Charlotte, couldn't couldn't throw my fifteen pound bag somewhere because it was too heavy. You were going to yeah, wait and balance, sir. That's yeah. right. Thank yeah, you. Okay. I appreciate right. the explanation. Yeah. David, where can people find you on the internet with all this stuff that you're working on? At lostbags.com. No, wait, wait. Uh, avbuyer.com is where uh, you can find my articles in that magazine and my weekly BizAv blog, uh, aea.net for avionics news. Uh, over here at uh, Uncontrolled Airspace. Yeah, and on the Twitter, you're real Higdon. Uh, yep, as real as I get. I, you know what you're going to, this is, I'm going to piss you off here, all right? You know what I noticed the other day? <laughs> I said piss. You know what? <laughs> it's true, I get email every time I do that. Um, so uh, there's a presidential candidate out there these days whose Twitter address is is real Donald Trump. I, I think, oh man, that's just completely ruined. He got it from Dave. Yeah, that's probably what happened, yeah. Well, whatever strikes him is real. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot and a freelance writer and a, and a producer of new media. All right. And, but you laugh. But yeah. there is a website called Where's My Bag. Dot com. I, I, I didn't yeah. laugh. I believe you. Yeah. yeah no, I yeah. believe you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's there's little devices you can put in your bag now that generate yeah. a, uh, yeah. a GPS position for you. You can get on, and you can get off your airplane and wherever, and see. Oh look, my bag's in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So now see, I'm completely off topic here. I'm off. I'm completely off. Special flight yeah, operations. Right, okay. All right. Back to who I am. Let's talk about who I am. All right. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com/slash Jack Hodgson. Learn more about me than you really wanted to know at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net, and, uh, you know, well, I guess that'll do for now. Hey, big thanks to uh, all the folks who help us out with this podcast, uh, particularly Jeff Ward for his help with the show notes and in the forums. Thanks to uh, Mike Morgan and Royce Earl and Jim Golden and the many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips. Uh, follow us on Twitter. The uh, podcast itself has a Twitter name, which is uh, Class G Airspace. That's uh, Class, the letter G, Airspace, all one word. Um, you never know. Gee, what, could I hear that again? You never might. You never know what might turn up there. Uh, check out the UCAP swag shop at uncontrolledairspace.com/store. And don't forget, you can check out the rest of the UCAP website. You can chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners at the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. I think that's enough for now. Oh, David, you wanted to say something. (laughs) Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan unless it's flying on an airliner. (laughs) And you could buy a T-shirt that says that. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, that's definitely enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFN. TTFN.